1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
0: you are listening to missed apex iRacing podcast let's get faster Welcome to Missed Apex iRacing podcast. It's the podcast that looks at iRacing from a hobbyist point of view. So it's our world. It's not the macro of the world iRacing mega championships with star racers. No, this is us in our sheds, in our offices, in our bedrooms, clamping steering wheels to desks or climbing into play seat challenges and just trying to get better at our hobby which is why i tried to bring you experts an expert that i thought we'd lost but now has been found iRacing's prodigal son it's bradley philpot hey brad
1: hey spanners how are you doing
0: i'm doing well i genuinely thought i thought we'd lost you to the world of iRacing if i'm honest
1: i did too i did too i, I stopped enjoying it for a while and uh, and we'll go into that maybe a little bit later but i'm enjoying it a lot now and doing loads of it
0: yeah, okay, we can go that into that a bit later. I, I thought I would start off with a confessional, if that's okay. Go for it. So you can be like my iRacing priest. <laughs> Forgive me, Phil Part, for I have sinned. And, uh, you know, we're all very situational people. So if you're on the road, anyone who's going faster than you is is a lunatic. And anyone who's going slower than you is an idiot. We're all very much like that in racing. It's very easy. It's like, it's never our fault. It's always the other person. Everyone's idiots but
1: us. Yep. I'm I'm curious as to where this is going. <laughs>
0: it's just because I am so judgy about people doing like ridiculous things like rubbish rejoins and stuff like that. And okay, in, I've been doing a lot of of racing. I've been taking it really seriously. I've been getting like a rush of blood. I've been trying to abandon my be safe be polite uh, attitude and twice I ended up rejoining and hitting someone, which is what I hate. It, the final chicane at Spa in the middle of the afternoon. I lunge right on the last turn. I send it down the inside. It's a great fight. I end up spinning, and I'm facing the wrong way in the chicane. I, I think, oh, there's two cars behind me. I count one, two, and then I go, yeah, that's we're probably good now. I floor it, and then I just haven't got any lock, and I end up hitting a car coming through. The guy's so angry with me. He's so angry with me on the on the live chat.
1: Justifiably so. That's that's a
0: heinous crime. <sighs> oh, it was horrible. I just I thought I could get more lock. I thought I'd counted the amount of cars that had come past. And but he was so mad, and I was just like he swore, and I just, this is even worse because he swore, and that is fully reportable. I, w- I went so like passive aggressive. I went, look, mate, I know I've I can see I've done wrong, okay, but I don't come on here to be abused by you. I don't come here to be sworn at, and that is reportable. And then suddenly, like he shuts up, and I'm like, oh, poor fella, I've I've got the moral high ground somehow when I've been absolutely arse.
1: Okay, so so my tips for this situation, okay, are. Don't go for a last-minute lunge at the yes, final corner when you aren't going to make it. It was, spin. it was half on, yeah, and maybe, maybe just check even more. You've got VR, just like have a look over your shoulder yeah. to make sure that there's definitely not another car.
0: No, you're absolutely right, and there's no excuse. And I hate people doing that, so I wasn't going to run away from the fact that I did a I did a bad thing. The other one was was arguably worse because after the show on a Sunday, it takes me a while to to wind down so I go I'll just get in the rig I'll do something non-competitive and then something in my head switches and says no just do the officials you'll be fine so I do one official do pretty well it's all great and that's the point I should have gone to bed sleepy with, with a couple of cause lights in me I did another one spun out of the hairpin and there was actually quite a lot of space behind me so I was like okay I've spun it in the hairpin I will just pull it to reverse get out of the way but it took me longer than I thought to pull the reverse and I misjudged the gap behind me, and I ended up just reversing into the road. And someone just came and clattered me. They also not happy, but I should have been in bed, not on a virtual racetrack. So that is my that's my confessional, Brad. I've just I've been an awful person.
1: So was this radicals at Spa this week? Is that what we're talking about?
0: No, did I say Spa? I meant Suzuka. Sorry. Oh, okay, no, okay. F3. I,
1: I thought I thought you'd done a, a little bit of radicals, but yeah, okay. That makes uh, makes some sense. Suzuka's pretty narrow. Mm. It is easy to. Easy to come into contact with other cars.
0: Don't forgive me. Don't forgive me. But I will learn from it. I do feel bad. So whoever that was is listening. You're right. I was a brainless
1: beep.
0: You were absolutely justified in that. But you bring this on to Radicals, Brad. I've had a go with those. My son likes them as well. I've not raced them, but they are. They're lovely cars to drive.
1: So Radicals are, are the series that I've taken up recently. So I've been racing in the confusingly closely named Apex Racing League, um, which is ARL is is what they're really known as. It's actually quite a big non-iRacing league, so much so that they actually sponsor some of the official iRacing series. Yes. Um, and so you'll definitely have seen them there. Uh, and it's one of those leagues where you, you pay to enter, you do a certain number of rounds and it's broadcast. Very similar to the Missed Apex Formula 3 series, that kind of thing. Um, and I've been doing that in the Radicals. I really like them as well. I like the power-to-grip power to, power to grip ratio. You've got quite decent downforce, a reasonable amount of grip, but at low speed, when you accelerate out of a tight corner, you have to have some throttle control because you'll just get sideways if you floor the throttle.
0: Oh, okay, so uh, when, uh, when I came and uh, saw your new rig and I was uh, having a go on it, You hadn't done F3 for a while, and you were complaining that with the F3, you can just pin it and that you don't need throttle control, which I was disappointed because I'm thinking there, going, I'm quite good at throttle control on the F3. But to you, comparatively, it feels binary, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to have throttle control on the F3 to try and prevent understeer. It's a weird opposite dynamic because there's so much grip. Um, When you get on the power, really what happens in the F3 is it will just drive you forward, and you're then limited by how much front grip you've got um whereas the radical it's definitely the other way around it's much more on on a knife edge where it's pivoting on its center point even in the middle of a fast corner where the the formula 3 car has so much downforce and such wide yeah. sticky tires it's completely stuck to the floor and if you look at the throttle trace it's probably straight to the top and just a flat line the radical's much more you have to be much more aware of what your right foot's doing all the time and I actually really enjoy that it it just it's just an extra element it's a bit slower obviously than the F3 yeah. over a lap but I like it it does it feels like a proper car car though
0: doesn't it It just it feels like i mean like a car you might realistically have a go in which is what i like about some of those like like the mx5 was like i could probably do some laps in real life in an mx5 i sort of feel like that in the radical as well
1: yeah definitely it gives you the same kind of learning process as you'd have to go through in a real race car because it's quite rare that, I mean, most people will never drive something like a formula three car where you've got that much downforce. Um, I I've only sampled downforce like that a handful of times. So, Mm. so yeah, the radicals a bit more like, like a, a normal race car that you'd experience as a, as a club racer. Um, but I've, I've had some adventures in that this week as well, which, which have hurt, hurt my I rating and hurt my, um, happiness. Interesting, the uh,
0: the realism element of it. You're the one who told me to turn crowds off because yes. because there would never be crowds watching me and that helped with my, my immersion. Um, so if I was um, to, to jump into a Radical now, using the things I'd learned about weight transfer from the GT3s and the F3s, how, how would that vary? I, I mean, we're going to be busier mid-corner, I assume. Do you really do you feel that weight transfer as well in the Radical?
1: yeah nothing like a gt3 car it's actually a really good you've you've given a couple of very good cars there a radical Mm. is very much like halfway between a gt3 car and a formula 3 car it's Ah. like a it's a prototype style car open top lightweight but i mean the gt3 cars obviously have driver aids and that kind of thing but the radical is heavier than a formula 3 car it is um it moves around a lot more so you've you've got to use the skills from both of those cars in the Radical but you're right weight transfer is a big thing you can't just rely on uh, lifting off the throttle fully mid-corner like you could in the Formula 3 car to just maybe cure understeer because that's going to provoke the rear to move in the Radical oh. that's going to really pivot you so this it's is much more
0: on the nose yeah, this is lift off oversteer that I always hear people talking about
1: yeah I mean lift off oversteer is typically something in a front wheel drive car where you've got a very light rear end the Radical doesn't have a really light rear end it's got a, a mid-engine there's there's just weight nearer to the rear and because the car doesn't have massive amounts of grip, you're doing the same thing that you might do in the Formula 3 car to say cure understeer mid-corner, but you have to be much more conscious of that and be ready to catch a slide because you'll probably provoke a slide by doing that lift. So you just can't yeah. get away with as much. The Formula 3 car takes the edges off of off of your your potential driving areas. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's easy to be quick over a lap, but it's definitely easier to keep control of the Formula 3 car and not, Go spinning off the track.
0: Okay, so a Formula 3 car, I see I've misjudged my speed. I'm understeering. I'm going under to wash out. You, you can just lift and give yourself a bit more. You can even ease on the brakes, actually, to just give yourself a little bit more of a nose, turn in, get the weight onto the front wheels, give yourself a bit more grip, and you're slowing down. So w- what's my solution if I find myself in that same position in the radical?
1: It's exactly the same, but maybe not such a severe lift. And when you're lifting, you have to be very mindful, mindful that you are creating a weight transfer and that you may also have to catch a slide. Whereas in the Formula 3 car, it's just lift, then mm-hmm. it will, you know, the grip will come back to you. In the Radical, it would be lift and get ready to catch. And it. then I might have to correct and you might have to catch it. Okay. And that's what makes it fun. Yeah. That's what it's those corrections that, that make it more involved.
0: So, watching a little bit of your your stream, Re- really interesting watching you race and come through the pack because, like, you're an out-and-out out pro, I think, and your your attitude to the racing is very different. One thing you you showed me in karting was having authority on on track, and you and Kyle have both successfully done the the stay hand gesture to me at karting, where you put your hand out like you overtake, and then naturally, you know, well, maybe I I sit in your wake and I, I've got a chance to dive but that would force you to slow down. So you you do like a stay gesture with your hands. And I've fallen for that a couple of times and just gone. And the one time, like Carl did it to me a second time and I just went, no! And I ended up punting him out the race. But on your stream, you're like literally on the game chat going, coming through. And you just say it with such authority that I think the other cast might, oh, he's coming through. All right, of course, you know.
1: Yeah, I was actually just about to mention (laughs) that there is an iRacing equivalent to that stay, and that that is exactly what you just mentioned. And it, I think it's only fair if you, if you are committing, you know, say at the end of the Kimmel straight at Spa, where you're, you're going as fast as the car can go, you're, you're three wide, and you know that you are going to be as late as possible on the brakes and you are going for this move. You know, I fully intend to beat both of you into the corner. In real life, you couldn't tell the other guys. You couldn't no. say, you might, you might be able to do your stay gesture, but it doesn't tend to work in cars and people aren't really looking for your hand signals. But in iRacing, you can just press the button and say, I am going for this. You know, mm-hmm. you can do the whole Max Verstappen slash Senna bullying people out of the way type of message. Um, and sometimes it works um, because people don't want to crash or lose eye rating and have an accent. I might experiment
0: um, with the the you know the the buttons you can map a button to like thanks or whatever and passively aggressively go thanks if someone doesn't put up a defense or it's blue flags so i might i might map a i'm i'm gonna go for it button so when you're going down the straight and he's wondering whether you're gonna pull out of turn one at suzuka you can go by the way i'm going for it just so you know like it can be as long as you want isn't it just one button and see if people go oh god and stay out of the way
1: yeah, if you, don't wanna, if you don't want people to hear your voice, I'm, I'm mm. quite happy to, to chat to people. I know not everybody has their, their radio open, but I think most people do.
0: No, I need to not have my mic open. Self-ban, self-ban. But people also ah, right. they, people get so angry on their live chats, and I'm one of those, which is why I don't let myself have uh, a button mapped during the race at Disable while Driving. Um, but I do have it open, like if I get wrecked, and then I can come out, and then I'm in the pits, and then I can come out and be like, do you really think that was the, the wisest move Derek,
1: can I tell you a little story Go for it. That, uh, regarding voice chat this week? So I, uh, I risked some I rating, um, by entering officials in the radicals. So I did the, I did my league races. Yep. It went really, really well. I won the round, uh, you know, I came second twice, which was highest points in my league round for this week at spa. So I was really happy with that. Very confident in that car and that track. So I thought I'll enter some officials. I'll get some I rating. I'll have some fun, love spa. And the first race I entered, and this was all live streamed, um, so you can go and watch this on my stream if you if you want to see me almost cry. Um, qualified <laughs> fourth, I think. Got a good start, up to third, and the guy in second at turn one just spun, spun, and forced me happens. to go wide. Yeah. So it happens, but annoying. I went wide, picked up a slowdown penalty, which yeah. is a killer at the big, you know, as you go down towards yeah. Rouge because you've got to you've got to slow down a second, and because it hasn't had time to calculate how fast you'd normally be going. I don't quite understand how the slowdowns work, but it wanted me to slow down drastically. I, I was lifting off down the straight and the slowdown penalty was get, actually getting worse. It was going up to 1.2, <laughs> yeah. 1.3. So I ended up having to back off a lot at the end of the Kemble straight. I lost four or five positions. And, and ultimately then, because of that, I was in the pack, someone else spun and I was rolled over halfway around the lap. It all went absolutely um, down the Welcome toilet to on the, the first Welcome to officials, Bradley. And it was all because this one guy spun at yeah. the first corner. And I, I was trying to hold off, but I eventually <laughs> I didn't. I got on my radio and I said, passive aggressively, if you're not good enough to Ooh, not spin at oh. the first corner, maybe don't enter the races until you're competent enough to get around turn one. <laughs> I then received a private message from yeah. this driver on the forums. Mm. I in forums, and I thought, this is good. He's going to be apologizing. He's going to say sorry. We'll call it a truce. No. He was telling me it was my fault he spun. He gave me a massive long paragraph about how I'd bullied him into spinning at the first corner. And if he hadn't come off the brakes and spun, I would have crashed into the back of him. And I was so taken aback. I didn't even really know what to say. Mm. I actually messaged him and told him, I think, you, I think you got the wrong person because I was nowhere near anyone. I was minding my own business. So anyway, it's just that was my yeah. one kind of transgression of, of getting a bit annoyed on the radio this week.
0: I forget that people can just message you on those forums. I- I haven't looked at them for a while and I didn't know that was a thing. So I went in the forums and there was like five messages waiting for me and a couple were adverts for something. and But a few of them were people telling, sending me a message to tell me that I'm a turnip. and uh, And one of them went, hmm looking at the instant of such and such a thing, perhaps you're not ready for, or is that, are, you, are you sure you're ready for iRacing? And I was like, wow, that is so like passive aggressive that I never bothered checking. And in fact, I, I went on the forums a little while ago and I saw that I've got like nine messages. I'm not, I'm not reading any of them. I'm not opening myself up to that.
1: Yeah, it's probably a good idea. It really put <laughs> me in a bad mood for the rest of the day, if I'm yeah. honest.
0: Uh, you are much more polite on your stream but like when you're streaming you've got obviously you're much more measured because you're like hey I'm Brad I'm the stream guy but in my discord channel you you you're right you're right git
1: i try i try to be mm. polite on the stream sometimes it boils over but most of the time I'm I'm just having a good time and I tell you what mm. I definitely get a lot less irate if it's a non irating risking race if it's a non official if it's a league race if it's a, a missed apex swarm race like we have tonight yeah. where it doesn't there's no long term effects i'm not getting knocked down any kind of rating yeah. if something goes wrong you've just had a spoiled race but that's the that's the worst
0: yeah and you you're going to join us for our little swarm cup at hockenheim
1: C- i certainly am i've been practicing this afternoon i've even made a guide video for it that everyone can go and have a look at
0: Go and search for go and search for Bradley Philpot on YouTube, there's a lot of good things happening on that stream and it's gaining some momentum. Um, we do get questions of how to get involved, and it is always just race control at mistapex.net or spanners at mistapex.net, and I'll forward it on and come come race with this. We do a, a bunch of stuff. Um but it's the i rating that has been irking you before your let, let's start to talk about this. Before you fell out of love briefly with iRate with uh, I racing, you were trying to fight for a 7k i rating it was your unicorn it was your rainbow bridge max verstappen is now at 8000 by the way i rating have you managed have you caught up with verstappen are you indeed at 8000
1: you know very well <laughs> that i'm not and and actually yeah. i remember i remember clearly on the last episode i was on i think i'd said something along the lines of i'm on the the final um, I'm like the flight path towards 7K. I was on yeah. actually 6,994. Yes. Yeah, I was. I needed one third place or something to to get to my 7K. That was what I was aiming for. And I was actually planning on taking a break at that point, not doing any officials, kind of banking that and having an account there that I could enter the big races, Nurburgring 24 hours, that kind of thing, and and kind of guarantee a place in a top team in the top split, so that I I would be an asset. i rating wise to a team who wanted to enter a a race that you needed a high i rating for however it didn't quite play out like that and what actually happened was the very next race um, having done multiple races we actually hockenheim like we're doing tonight but in the formula Renault 3.5s i'd won lots of races that week and i was flying high and van jean was watching me stream and i was showing him how to do a great start and for a reason which i still don't know my clutch didn't work for this race i As I let my my double clutch go at the start of the race, a process I'd done hundreds of times, it just spun the wheels. It's like it fully engaged. There was some weird glitch. I don't know what I did. And I had a massive crash because everybody piled into the back of me and the car rolled. I was out of the race. And I thought, that's a shame. It's a setback. It's probably a week's worth of iRating I lost there, but I can come back from it. I then subsequently had five or six races where I was taken out every single time. And every time I was losing 100 to 150 I rating. Now
0: you're talking about losing a week's worth of I rating. At the moment, for me, at 2,600. That's right, 2,600. It's not bad, is it? If I have a good race, I'm gaining 40, 50, 60 I rating. If I have a bad race, I might lose 70. A disaster. I might lose 70. But for you, you're in a really different situation. Like one bad result is, is awful. And it's really interesting how the iRacing, I rating system seems to punish you at, at that elite level for entering any official race. Like your your motivation to enter the officials it just isn't there.
1: Yeah, I'm still doing it because <laughs> this is the only way to gain I rating. Yeah. And I, I obviously had a run of success where I was, even though it was incrementally getting smaller, I was still gaining each time because if you qualify at the front and drive away and have a clean race, finishing the top two you generally would gain, whether it was 20 I rating or 15 or whatever, you, you would generally move forward. But you're right. The problem is the, the loss when you don't, not just when you don't win, when you have an incident which puts you down to the back, you're losing, like I said before, a week or more's worth of of wins uh, of good results. Mm. Yeah. And so I was losing 150, 100, 170 at a time. And I'm actually at, currently, after this week, where I lost another 300, Despite being fast and despite actually just running at the front cleanly, um, I lost another uh, 300. I'm down to 6.1k and it's it's pretty painful. But now I kind of feel like I've got nothing to lose. So I'm going to do some F3 officials.
0: Yeah, j- just 6.1k. Don't worry, F- F3 officials will see to that.
1: Well, uh, I've seen that you've been doing pretty well in that. And, and not, not that I'm saying that makes it, that means it's easy. But if you're managing to stay out of trouble and bank top five results, and so is Van Jean, that, that means it's doable. So yeah. I'm going if to be Fast idiots
0: can do it uh, is exactly. is what you're is what you're thinking. I, I do have a question for you about what it's like at your level of driving when you and you do mix in with the Missed Apex people. We've got our new series launching on the 15th of October, round 1 at we haven't announced it yet, but round 1 at a F1 track and a good one. Uh, when you're in those competitions you are having to drive people uh, with people who have much less skill than you. Now, we had an incident, and the the person you are you had an incident with is actually in our live chat room. It's actually Lucas, and I felt really bad because we do our normal thing of whose fault is it. And it's so uh, the, the first left turn into the S's, you get a run on him, you're really tight, uh, you leave him space, he hits the curb, sort of understeers a little bit and hits you. So technically that's his fault. He moves into your line. But it was kind of a Verstappen... Hamilton's situation at Silverstone wasn't it like you you decided the quickest way past was to leave him just enough room and there's always a risk there but my thinking I came away from that thinking oh I've been a bit harsh on Lucas because I would have done the same had you trusted me to have that level of skill that I don't have so how much do you account for people being a bit you know below racing driver standard
1: Well, I haven't had a a massive amount of recent experience with the missed Apex Mm. drivers. And if I'm completely honest, during that race event, I didn't really have a good gauge on on who was who and, and what I should expect from them. But that incident with Lucas, that was fully me taking a risk because it was the final lap of the race. I'd had an earlier incident that had taken me out of the lead. So I just wanted to get as high as I could. And I knew I had one more lap, basically. So it although I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was chopping his nose off. You're right. I was, I was risking a move in an unusual place, leaving him just enough space and really relying on him, not getting it wrong at all. I which he um, only
0: slightly got it wrong.
1: Yeah. It, he, it was he, did, he did only slightly get it wrong. I couldn't have really gone much wider and still pulled it off. So it was just one of those things where I thought I'd give it a try. I probably wouldn't have done that same move in an official race because the risk of, of losing I rating would have been too great. Mm. Um, but you, do, you have to take into account who you're racing in any series, whether it's real, whether it's an official iRacing race, or, or whether it's um, a league race like that one. And that's something I've actually struggled with in the last couple of weeks coming back into iRacing. There's loads of new names in the official races. Yeah. I don't really know what to expect from them. Whereas in my, the, the radical league races I've been doing with that ARL league, um, I am getting to know the names. I'm getting to know the the car colours, and I'm getting to know who's going to race you hard and who's going to let you go once you get past them. So it's a definitely a big advantage knowing who you're up against.
0: But you're, you're paying a premium for that. And I think that's what people... In fact, even our league, our Missed Apex series, like it's a it's a few quid around or, t- or 20 quid for the whole season. But that does give people a level of emotional investment. So the people you're racing with in your Apex League and the Missed Apex League they're invested in the community so they don't want to get a reputation for being crashy in the officials that there's less of there's less of that incentive
1: yeah and another vote for league racing is that you're you're not in an unfair fight in terms of um someone has a greater i rating to risk in a certain move and someone has less to lose if you're fighting over a position it's not like they will think well that guy's gonna have to back out of it because other if, if we crash, he's got yeah. way more to lose than me. In the league race, that the I rating isn't at risk. It's the championship points in the series. Um, so, and certainly obviously in the Missed Apex League, it's fixed setup as well, which it is, is now, yeah. Which is another another real positive. Um, but I completely agree. You're invested in it, you get to know the other people, you don't want to annoy anyone because everyone is It's kind of it's like a club, isn't yeah. it? And you know you're gonna yeah. meet those same people next time. Whereas in the in the officials like a kind of like a just a public lobby
0: a little bit so when i'm in the officials with f3 having the amount of people it has and being popular actually i am racing people who have similar i rating to risk so I, I feel like for me that is a fair fight when it was snetterton and it was a really low turnout suddenly i found myself in your position where there was people and i notoriously fluff up qualifying quite a lot so i might be at the back with someone who literally has like is just jumping on, you know, has nothing to lose, is gonna be drinking, having uh, done a missed apex show and then reverse out and crash me out. Uh so yeah, so I got a little bit of a taste of that. Um but in um in, in our series, yeah, there there's there's just a little bit more social pressure. In the officials, when we do our swarm, we all swarm together as a as a club in our little liveries. There has been one name that has come up over and over again. And we're like, oh man, I'll give the... He's called... It's Pierre, all right? So, oh, Pierre's in my race. Oh, no. And so when he lined up next to me, I was fourth, he was fifth. I was like, oh, man, wherever he goes, because he has really great starts, so he like launches some double clutch start, I know he's going to get away ahead of me. I was like, whichever side of the track he goes to, even if I have to lift, I'm going to go the other side. And sure enough, he goes outside, I go inside, and I look to my left in VR, and I see him just clattering into a car on the straight before we even get there. So you can, in the officials, get to learn those people and get to avoid them.
1: Sounds like the Alex Van Gene Smurf account.
0: Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and and, and and I'm probably one of those people now, having taken out two people from Unsafe rejoice. Alex Van Gene is actually in the live chat. Hello there. Oh, we've got a few comments actually there in the chat. Uh, Alex terrifies me. Let's talk about him since he's here now. When you were talking about knowing what drivers are going to do, if Van Gene is on the inside... Like even if even if there's no, no no part of his car alongside, I do tend to just jump out of the way. But be, that's because within our league, he has forged, and he's a lot fairer racer than say he is on a kart track, where he just wiped you out at Buckmore Park after you legitimately gained ground under yellow flags. But in iRacing, racing, he's forged in our community this very robust attitude. So for me, it was like, well, that's not worth it. I'll I'll leave him the room. So you can do that. You can forge a, a positively ferocious. Reputation without clattering people out.
1: I actually had a very good race with Alex in the last uh, Suzuka missed apex race last week. Um, up until the point where he just hit me on the straight, <laughs> so that's that's why I brought him up earlier because I was just driving in a straight line and <laughs> had a massive whack up the rear. Yeah, um, he still somehow blamed me for that. But so but yeah, man, you're right.
0: His tactic is if he hits you from the rear, you were going too slow, so you just oh sorry. And and Danny Henny's one for that as well. Sorry. I just didn't expect you to break that much. That's what you have to say.
1: Yeah, I have to remember that. But hopefully I won't be sharing the same part of the grid as as him again.
0: Tom in our live chat says, I bet Brad's light flashing button is really worn down.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, most of the cars I race don't have lights, but but definitely (laughs) I I still sometimes find myself pressing it. The radicals do have lights, but they don't flash. Uh But I found that out by trying.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, good. Well, would you recommend me jump in the Radical officials, even for a practice? Uh, is it is it well populated?
1: It's extremely well populated. I don't know how many you get in the Formula 3 um, as a oh, total maybe number. five
0: splits, so I guess 100, 125, that kind of figure. Okay, is pretty so common. it's pretty similar. Um, mm.
1: All the races I did in the Radical this weekend had about 107 people um, sign up, so multiple splits, and I'd say it's comparably dangerous to the F3s. Um, uh, it's certainly the most accident-prone series I've entered as officials in recent memory. Um, So that's why I'm not that worried about entering the Formula 3s, because (laughs) I actually think maybe, because they're easier to keep control of, there won't be quite as many random spinners. So if you are qualifying mid-pack in the Radical Officials, just keep your eyes peeled.
0: Oh, Alex, it was a compliment. It was a compliment. I'm saying he's forged a robust reputation in our live chat it's quite busy actually the live chat if you want to be involved in it go and subscribe to Mist apex motorsport okay so the direction i want to uh, to take us in brad is what brought you back what brought you back into the fold i went to your house where you live with ducks and sheep it's like a farm it's like a farm where you live uh, and you have a sim room and it's gorgeous. And I'm sure you've posted a million pictures of it on your social media. But you now have uh, a beautiful three-monitor setup. You're you're sporting a SimuCube Pro 2 with an absolutely gorgeous rim. So three screens, great seats, hydraulic pedals. And uh, it was wonderful. I had a wonderful drive in there. It, it, even though you're a dirty flathead now with no VR, your rig is absolutely magnificent.
1: So... You're, you've touched upon what brought me back. Um, I turned into a flathead, and that has taken all the stress out of, out of streaming, out of jumping in the sim, the sim, and just enjoying the driving. And so, just to put it all into context, I sold my VR headset. I had a a Valve Index, yep. um, and it was worth surprisingly a, a, a lot of money uh, when I sold it, even as a, a pretty well used second hand unit. And with that money, I was able to buy three. 27-inch curved 165-hertz screens, which is what I'm sat in front of right now. And obviously, I was a big um, advocate for VR, which is why why I had it for a year and a half yeah, or so. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyed it all the way through lockdown and, and got the best one that I could find at the time. And it is great for, obviously, immersion. Yep. I'm getting in, not having to set your field of view, anything like that, looking behind you, just being aware of other cars around. I'm fully behind VR. However, from a a streaming and a, just a general hassle point of view, the setup I have now is just a, a massive improvement. So by going to a curved flathead, which is what, <laughs> what I am now, it's a hate I can term. just jump in. <laughs> everything works. My computer doesn't struggle as much. I can get a, a higher frame rate. I can keep an eye on the live stream in a way that I couldn't before because I've got a fourth screen above me here, which which I can just look at what's going out, what the output is all the time. And because streaming has become a bit more important to me yeah, and Just the the kind of lower hassle level, this is definitely the right solution for me. But I still think VR is awesome, especially if you're not streaming. So I am fully
0: VR as well. So don't think any of this is making me say you should convert to a flathead. However, obviously, you've got a very good setup with uh, with the, the three monitors. So the immersion is nearly there with the three monitors. It's so, it's good. In VR, you're moving around a little bit. Like if you move your head a bit, you kind of move your head relative to the car and the aer- and the aerials. So it was almost distracting having the monitors back and the car never moves. No matter what happens, the car never moves in my field of view. It's like stuck there. It looks like a picture. So the aerials are always in the way. Um, so you lose that kind of 3- 3D element. But once you start racing and start going you can see everything to the left and right when you're when you're racing like the immersion is there if you have a proper three screen setup but i tell you i tell you what really got me from a realism point of view was getting in and out of the seat so when in vr you get in and then you put your hat on and then you enter the world (laughs) your sweaty hat as you call it When I when the car is in the pits in your thing, like I I sit there and it's like I'm getting in the race car and I can see the paddock and everything ahead of me. So there was an immersion element there that I wasn't expecting, and I really did enjoy seeing the wheel uh, being kind of in the real world. And the only thing I wanted different was for you to be able to black out the real world above and below the the screens, if if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, some people do do that. I, I haven't had that problem. It's been more immersive than I actually thought it would be. Yes, I've been pleasantly surprised yeah. going back to this. I was a little bit apprehensive because I spent the money and I was like, well, there's no going back now. <laughs> um, and it's been better. I never get snapped out of the, out of the the sim world. I never am driving in a race and, and feel like I'm in a room. I always feel yeah. like I'm in the car in a very similar way to, to what I did with the VR. Um, but yeah, it's just it just I just find it easier now. And it did take me a week or so to adjust, but I think I'm just as quick as I would have been with the VR now. So, um so what? for me it's a positive. Now that's interesting because I
0: didn't lose any time. In fact, obviously your rig with a much better with a direct drive wheel and everything, I was beating my personal times. So I wonder what it is in v- is VR costing us time. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of videos out there, but VR, yes, it's immersive but it is adding kind of a weight to your personal sensory perception as well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there are a few reasons why it could cost you time. I'd say the vast majority of pro sim racers run with screens yeah. and and they, they list, the ver- list various reasons. Uh, faster refresh rate, wider field of view, um, the ability to kind of move the view a little bit as well in a way that, I don't think you can quite get away with in the vr because you're just you know the scale of everything your your field of view is kind of locked yeah. in the vr and so whatever your headset's limit is is kind of your limit whereas uh, you can see a bit more with the screens yeah. um, but the fact that it is fixed that one of those reasons you mentioned that it's kind of like a negative in terms of realism the fact that the car is fixed there in front of you that means you've got a very locked perspective on what is moving beyond that so you know that the car is static Whereas when you're in the VR, obviously things are moving around you and it might be slightly harder to, it, it might actually make it slightly slower because you don't have such a fixed reference point. So less realistic in with the screens, but mm. maybe potentially faster. That's certainly some of the arguments I've heard people use. I think I'm about the same, to be honest.
0: Yeah. So I've got three screens here in front of me just for my podcast setup. I do have triples and I must admit I know I'm betraying our VR brethren. I must admit that I've, for streaming, it must be so much easier. And I, and I have kind of got a vision in my head where I have VR sometimes and, and other times have the, the triples for, for streaming. But it's a gorgeous rig and you do need to go and post your setup, post a picture of it for in our Discord.
1: There was one one final thing which fully turned me and it's when I hurt myself in the VR. It was just before I pulled the trigger and paid for the screens. I was in a in a session in VR and the direct drive wheel snapped on me. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the situation was, but the wheel, I did a big snap. And because I couldn't see it happening, because I was relying on my virtual wheel, yeah. it really hurt my hands. It, it, oh. it hurt my wrists and it, it kind of cut my hand. And I got very angry. I took the headset off and I was like, that wouldn't have happened if I was looking at the actual wheel. <laughs> if the wheel in front of me was my wheel, rather than having a, a simulated wheel in the VR, with my hands on a different one. And, and that kind of, that cemented it. I was like, I'm kind of fed up of being hurt by this equipment now. Um, and, and yeah, I'm glad it happened.
0: Okay, bit of equipment chat then. So I, I sat in your wheel and your wheel is obviously night and day from the, the TSPC. I, I could feel the road so much. And uh, I, it might not even be a lap time thing, but I have to say the experience of driving with that uh, Simucube wheel, uh, Dory had a similar experience where he went to a friend's house who had a direct drive. I think what we need to do is put out a warning to people with uh, good belt-driven wheels to never go to their friend's house who have direct-drive wheels.
1: I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> so here's a test.
0: I, I have got at the moment, because um, we're for, for various reasons we're, we're setting things up, at the moment I've got my TSPC in a play seat challenge. Normally I've got a fixed rig, but it's in the living room at the moment. Do you think you could replicate your performance in a TSPC in a play seat challenge? or do you think your equipment gives you a, a real advantage
1: this is a really tough question because people there are people who do extremely well with basic starter wheels and pedals which i think i would struggle massively to even drive around for a lap i think once you've experienced the the better equipment it's very difficult to then to step backwards back. yeah. i don't think i don't think there's a massive amount of actual lap time in it unless you've learned your craft with those things i think if you started with a direct drive wheel and hydraulic pedals uh, you'd really struggle to ever be quick using a logitech g27 or a 29 or something and, and spring pedals and likewise if you've learned racing in real life and you're used to the real feedback of a, of a real car i think it definitely is an advantage to you to have the more realistic mm. equipment and that's certainly why i've gone to it every step of the way the better my equipment's been the more natural i've found the driving experience but i don't think it's necessary if you haven't got those those kind of pre-loaded biases
0: yeah so like charles leclerc on all those f1 things during covid he jumped on he had a a g29 i think and was like the best one on there i guess at your core if you understand racing you understand racing i I fear for corporate racers such as myself that uh that that having all that extra sensory stuff and a solid rig and stuff unfortunately helps. And I feel it's it's a bit golfy that, yeah, you get better clubs. People will want to tell you that you can be good with rubbish clubs, but generally you will hit it further with better clubs and better balls. And, uh, yeah, so it becomes a little bit... I think it's more pay-to-win at my level than it is at your level.
1: That's interesting. See, I I actually thought it was the other way around. I I thought because I'm because I'm looking for a particular reaction from the thing that, that I'm driving with from the pedals and from the steering wheel, I'm used to the the response that a real version would have. Mm. And I kind of, my brain needs that to, to then give the correct input. Whereas when I drive with a, you know, an old belt driven wheel with one newton meter of direct, uh, of dri- um, driving force, I I can't feel what's going on. Um, where, what well, you're saying is actually the same for you as well, even as a, Sure. A non-real-world driver. so, But there are people who can do it with the, with the less advanced kit, so I don't or think there's a, a definite hang on a minute!
0: Are you saying that my being quite good at stag do's and work do karting events doesn't classify me as a real-world racer? Well, how dare you, you elitist snob. Finally, before we go, because we need, need to go and prep for, for Hockenheim, you have done a, uh, an iRacing F3 track guide. So you are our third expert in three weeks now who does track guides. So competition is high. Would you say a that yours is definitely better than Dory's and Stuffy's?
1: I haven't watched theirs, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> Sorry, guys. And secondly, how do you go about making a track guide? Who do you aim it at? Like, who is your yeah. in your head? Do you have like a a, a a typical driver that you're putting this at that you're you're aiming your your level of instruction for.
1: Yes. So I'm aiming this at, at mid-level drivers, I think. So I had a long chat with Alex Van Jean this morning, actually, on my way to work. And, and he he gave me some, some pointers as someone who consumes this kind of video. And I didn't want to waste my time making something which, which wasn't useful for people. And there are some track guide makers who, who go into a lot of detail and make very long videos. And there are probably yeah. also um, very surface level people who will just put up a, a lap of them driving and not really say much over the top. I wanted to go for somewhere in between those and give a concise but accurate and useful, reasonably well produced video for people who are pretty fast. So, okay. you know, we're talking from like one and a half K to four or five K probably. So the, most the big audience. So me, I can benefit from your video. I'd hope so. Um, have a look at it before you drive Hockenheim today. Okay. So essentially, you asked how you go about making it. Mm. I First of all, I just drove a load of laps. So I had my, um, my OBS software ready to record, but I didn't hit record until I'd, uh, until I'd done maybe 10 laps. So I was comfortable that I was pretty much on the pace. Um, I'm sure we will go quicker in the course of tonight's uh, practice and racing, but I think most people... I'm in the right zone. I think I'll probably be quicker than the majority of people who jump on. And once I could lap consistently and I was happy with the kind of things I wanted to say, I hit record, recorded a load of laps of me just driving as if it was on my live stream um, and then saved that, saved the replay and then basically did a voiceover over ah, the top. Okay. Yeah. But on the second lap, I pause at various points to highlight the key things that I spoke about in the full speed video. So it's just two laps. First lap is just running the lap at full speed with a little bit of talking over the top. And the second lap is more of a zoomed out view, the kind of chase view, so you can see the real positioning of the car. And each braking point, each turning point, apex, anything that is an important point, I pause the video briefly, put an arrow towards the thing that I'm talking about. Maybe highlight some of the telemetry that's on screen um, and just guide people towards the key things that you need to be thinking about over the lap.
0: Okay, so... When I was, like, super-duper rubbish, and now I'm, like, slightly less rubbish, when I was super-duper rubbish, one of the key things you kept yelling at me for. And, in fact, when you were letting people send you videos, we were trying to raise money for to, to fund the map series, and you said, okay, send me a video, and for 20 quid I'll, I'll tell you what you're doing wrong. Over and over and over again, it was use of the track. And, and it's something you don't necessarily realise when you're driving. And you look at the replay and go, the Al didn't use that apex, I didn't use all that kerb. So are we at that level or just like a little bit beyond I think
1: I'd say it's a mixture where that that kind of thing will be covered but it's because I'm not reviewing someone else who's maybe yeah. doing things wrong I'm sure I am doing some things wrong but because I'm kind of reviewing my own driving I essentially just learned it and then watched myself back I'm not really aware of what I'm doing whilst I'm doing it it's only when you watch back and you go oh yeah I'm using a bit of curb here and actually it seems like it's better to not use all the track in this area. We'll go for a shorter distance. Yeah. it's actually quite interesting watching it back and and looking at those things. But because I'm confident I'm probably driving pretty well, I'm assuming the things I'm doing are the correct things and then highlighting them.
0: Hockenheim, uh, people are quite excited about that that track and people are trying to persuade me to include it on the Missed Apex F three series. What do you think of the track?
1: Yeah, it's really good. It suits the Formula 3 car really well. It's mm. not too long um, because quite often a Formula 3 car, because it's not the very fastest car, it's not like a Formula 1 car, you'll end up with roughly two-minute laps. This is only about one minute 30. Oh, okay. Um, and it's quite a wide circuit. There's a lot of runoff, but it punishes you for running wide as well. The curbs, with the ride height, certainly in the fixed series, the fixed setup, the ride height is low enough that if you take the mickey with the curbs, it will slow you down or drag you off the track. So apart from in a couple of places, it's it's a disadvantage to go too wide. So although you've got a wide circuit, there are pretty defined limits to that as well. There's also some good mm. overtaking spots and some technical sections. So, I,
0: I know people like their road Atlantas and their, their Snettertons, but I do love me like a simple Grand Prix track where it's clearly defined what you're meant to do. So like at Silverstone, a lot of the corners are you can take all the curb, but keep your wheels on the on the track so you don't cut it. That seems that seems like it's so it's clear somewhere like Brand's Hatch, you know you've got the runoff and it all looks the same, it's off the track, it all looks the same, but then there's some mystery point where no that's a one x or that's a slowdown. you're like, oh well i I can't see it. I do like a clear track where I can just see where I'm supposed to drive
1: I think ideally for me anyway. Mm. You wouldn't even need the one X's because it would be slower yeah. to go too wide, um, and I think that's what you'll find at this track. Turn one is maybe the only exception. You know, um, Watkins Glen, the first corner, you can go yeah. super, super wide. Yep. You don't really get much of a penalty for it. It's nothing like as bad as that, and it is a risk to to run the curb on the X. Okay. On my guide, I don't think I really touch. I don't use the full width anyway. I don't go as far as out as you get a one X for it. But there is potential at turn one to go wide, gain a bit of an advantage. But that's really it. Everywhere else, it's defined by the edge of the circuit. So yeah. it's quite simple.
0: I don't like that at Watkins Glen. Like, Just make it so you have to stay on the track. But I guess that's the same in, in real life. And Cota has some of those issues in real life and how it's enforced. And then there's a really odd one at Interlagos. I don't know if they fixed it yet. But on the first of the, the infield hairpins, like you, you have to be more than... All four wheels off track on the inside, like by quite a way. Actually, you go. Oh,
1: why is that allowed?
0: You've just got to guess how much you have to cut the corner for. I, I, I don't know. I
1: do. Yeah, I do that, that's a weird one. Actually, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. at interlogos. Yeah, it's a weird one.
0: Anyway, we've run our course forty-five minutes. Thank you very much for joining us, Brad. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad you found uh, some. Even though you've gone to Flathead World, I'm, I'm glad you found the thing that gets you back into sim racing because I was genuinely scared that we had just fully lost you to go karts forever.
1: Yeah, oh of course. That was the other thing. I was a yeah. bit distracted during the
0: summer. Yeah. And I, I haven't been able to get into a go kart, but I guess there's the, for you as a real racing driver, once you start smelling the petrol and the tyres screech and feel your bum moving around in the seat, if you're already a bit peed off with iRacing, racing, I can see how that took you away from us for a bit.
1: Yeah, it it was the smell of the petrol, you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Brad, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna bother putting your links in the show notes, so say out loud what people should do to go and find your stuff.
1: Yeah, just search for my uh, my YouTube channel. That's really the main thing I'm promoting. Just Brad Philpot on YouTube, and uh, and watch some of the videos. There's there's all sorts of track guides, mm-hmm. real life racing, and lots of live streams at the moment. Okay, super. And uh, I mean,
0: follow me, follow me for sure at Spanners Ready. The show is at iRacing Podcast, and we do F1 stuff and check out the Doom scrolling things we're going to do as well. well. We'll see you next week. Don't know who I'll be with, but in any case, work hard. Be kind and have fun. This was Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. Or my arp. M- my arp? Yeah. Yeah? Murp? Yeah, Murp. <laughs> yeah, that'll do Murp. <laughs> Thank you, live stream. See you in a bit. Oh, oh you're, getting, you're getting some heat here. Sim rigs won't break his ribs, is what they're saying.
1: That's true. That's true. That's what stopped me doing the last kart race.